0: Ladies and gentlemen, the Grammys just happened this weekend And a lot of people are talking We have some interesting news about the NBA All-Star Game happening this weekend Shout out to my man Carl Lowry And also, we have a ton of things that we have to get to Including, is he a bank spreading for Playboy? What? Ladies and gentlemen, you already know what it is It's your man DM Cool And this is Cool Radio Welcome to the Cool What we doing? Is- doing. us, us. They be watching us. so prosperous. us, us. They be watching us. so Welcome to the show, ladies and gentlemen. To all my cool cats and cool kittens, they try to bite our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuned into the airwaves of CFRE 91.9 FM and on the worldwide web at CFRERadio.com. It is your man GM cool and you're now tuned into cool radio oh you didn't know your ass better call somebody that's right that's right Your ass better call somebody, tell a friend to tell a friend, because we are live on the airwaves right now, as you heard on the intro airwaves. That is uh, yours truly, DM Cool, featuring my man Goliath Paw. Shouts to my man Goliath Paw for the the feature on that record. You'll be hearing the full entirety of that in the near future, I guarantee that. But enough about me. It's time for me to educate and entertain you guys like I always do on a weekly basis. Um, And in order for me to do that... I first have to get some stuff off of my chest, as you already know. So, with that being said, I think it's right about time that uh, I let that ish breathe. Can I? Can I I let that ish breathe? I think I'm about to do that right now. Let this bitch breathe. 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 Yo, my speakers or not my speakers, but my headphones are pretty loud, so I have to adjust the volume just a little bit. I'm not trying to go deaf. But, anyways, um, some stuff that I found interesting. First and foremost, big shout out to Kyle Lowry. He will be representing the Toronto Raptors in this year's All Star game happening this weekend, uh, starting tomorrow. He'll be in the actual game itself, and then also he'll be taking part of the skills competition on Saturday. Now, the reason why I talk about NBA All-Star Weekend to start things off is because of the fact that it falls in line on the same day as Valentine's Day. So, fellas, if you do not have a woman who is interested in basketball or sports in general, let me be the first to say my condolences. I know... You had your heart set on watching the three point competition, the skills challenge, the dunk competition, even though there's no big name stars in there. But that's a whole nother argument for another day. But sometimes you just got to take that L. And at the end of the night, hopefully, like my man Pharrell, you're about to get lucky. And for all my dudes out there who are dating women who are interested in the NBA, whether as casual fans or dare I say bigger fans than you. I have one thing to say to you and one thing only. You're the real MVP. That's all I got to say. If you're able to stay in and pay zero money and just watch basketball for three solid hours and you guys are just chilling, eating popcorn, you know, maybe you went to the LCBO a couple of hours before. But if you have to spend less than 100 bucks on Valentine's Day this weekend, I applaud you. I salute you. All that good stuff. Now. Another thing that's going down this weekend for Valentine's Day, of course, is the release of the long-awaited film or book turned into film, Fifty Shades of Grey. Now, it's one thing for couples to go and see that movie, you know, all, all buddied up and what have you. But I have a feeling that there's going to be a lot of very lonely, desperate Thirsty women who are going to be seeing that movie and they're going to be going with their girlfriends and these are the girls who can't get men themselves because of whatever reason but in those movie theaters it's going to be dying of thirst. 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 Everyone is going to be begging for a drink or two in that movie theater I guarantee I won't even be surprised if there will be some people you know doing some questionable acts in that theater and I can only imagine if this movie is going to be on IMAX, because good Lord, if it is, um, it's it's about to get messy in that room. One thing that that I find somewhat amusing is the hype behind this movie. Now, this movie, the concept behind it, it's nothing new. Now, for all the people who were born after 1996, you guys probably have yet to hear of a, a little known movie by the name of Nine and a Half Weeks, which stars Kim Basinger. All right. Now back in that day I think that was like 1992 I think I just said that Whatever Nonetheless That was pretty much The premise of Fifty Shades of Grey Alright If you've read the book Of Fifty Shades of Grey Go back to that movie And I guarantee you You're going to see So many parallels In between that So for all the people Who are thinking That this is something new This is something That's never been done before I'm sorry to burst your bubble But I'm just saying It's kind of been already there I'm not hating or anything I'm just saying And I find it. I find another thing funny that there are a lot, of, a lot of girls want to, a lot of females want to get mad when men are watching something that's sexually provocative and something that stimulates them. And they'll say all sorts of stuff like, oh, my God, you're such a pig. Ew. You're disgusting. You're such a pervert. But then they go and see a movie like Magic Mike or, or Fifty Shades of Grey and they're like, oh, my God, take it off. Yeah. Like, no, no. You can't have it your way. You can't have your cake and eat it, too. If you're going to say something's nasty and offensive, then call a spade a spade and don't just turn the other cheek if it's something that's more beneficial to you. I'm just saying. I'm just keeping it 100. And before we go to commercial break, one more thing that I want to get off my chest. There was another thing that I found um, quite disturbing, rather. And this goes in part to Valentine's Day and there is a new thing going around, Uh, not necessarily going around, but it's been made known Um, it has to do with chocolates and other edibles now, there is a new chocolate going around and it basically looks like the inside of someone's rectum yes, you heard me correctly in layman's terms, it is a chocolate asshole I kid you not. There is a company uh, called Edible Anus. And they are making chocolates that are basically designed to look like an asshole. What they do, actually, is they actually uh, basically get the chocolate and then they basically cement it within your asshole to match the contours and the crevices of your asshole, basically. And you can actually have these chocolates mailed to you by door, and it takes about five business days, roughly, for what I'm hearing. And once again, the company is called Edible Anus. It comes in such flavors as meek milk, tight White, <laughs> and also, I think the last one was dilated dark or something to that extent. Anyways, basically, that is a new Valentine's Day thing going on right now, and it really shows you how far Valentine's Day in terms of capitalism has gone. So if you are into that freaky deaky kinky Dominatrix slave and masters type of thing, then that might be up your alleyway. But that is one paddle that I will not be riding up in Shit's Creek. I guarantee you that. Literally and figuratively. I'm just saying I don't really like to mess around like that. I like to keep things simple. I'm not even into into the roses, but I would rather do the roses than a chocolate asshole. I'm just saying. Anyways, enough about me. It's time to get to a commercial break. And when we get back to the commercial break, uh, we are going to talk about Grammys. And there was a lot of chaos that ensued at the Grammys, both on the carpet and off the carpet. And speaking of nasty things like we were talking about right now, this, right, this dude right here who I'm about to play right now, this guy is nasty on the mic. And he also has some nasty subject matter. And I would not be surprised if this dude right here were to do something as nasty as chocolate-coated assholes. Um, he has a lot of rude content in his songs, and we had him over here late last year at Cool Radio. He goes by the name of C. Roos, and this track right here is called Sinister. So we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Welcome back to the show, people. You're now tuning to CFRE Radio 91.9 FM and also on the World Wide Web at CFREradio.com. It's your man, GM. Cool! And you're now tuned into Cool Radio. Welcome back to the show, people. Um, shout out to all the people who will be celebrating Valentine's Day this weekend. shout out to people who won't be celebrating Valentine's Day this weekend. It's all good. No shame in your game. Pardon me. Anyways, it's time for the main event. And I've been waiting, waiting patiently to be discussing this topic ever since it happened on Sunday. Ladies and gentlemen, it goes to no surprise that We will be talking about the Grammys. in a segment that I like to call numbers on the board. Basically, the most popular topic that's been happening throughout the week will be talked about during this time block when we have no guests on the show whatsoever. And far be it for me to say that I I would have to deny this topic. For what reason? I, I wouldn't even be able to find a reason to do that anyway. But anyways, enough about all that. Let's get the pleasantries. Let's get into it right now. First and foremost, let me just say... Uh, let me just open this up by talking about the outfits that I saw by some of the more popular stars um, at the Grammys. They're questionable, to say the least. All right, let, let's get into it. First and foremost, let's talk about Iggy Azalea's outfit. Uh, it's, it's, it wasn't her outfit that threw me off, it was her hairstyle. This girl looked like she was like an extra right out of Shrek. Remember that bodyguard dude, the cross-dressing dude who had the little French braids wrapped around his head like a bird's nest? That's basically what Iggy Azalea had in her head. She had a bird's nest, and it looked like the eggs belonged to Mother Goose. And then you had Rihanna looking like a broke-down My Super Sweet 16 MTV reject. Also looking like a ghetto Jamaican prom queen as well at that. Shout out to my man, J. Cream. Um, You had... Prince. Now, I don't want to disrespect the man because this is the same man who made Purple Rain. This is a man who told Apollonia Apollonia to bathe in the waters of Lake Minnetonka, that beautiful sweet ting. But, my dude, why did you have to go on stage looking like a bottle of Orange Crush? Man, it's Black History Month, for God's sakes. We're still trying to shake off that orange orange drink stereotype and you come out here, look like you're about to pop. Again, all respect in the world to you, but still, it's not a good look man but then again this is coming from the same dude who wore assless chaps so why should i be surprised and then of course you had kim kardashian in her overly overrated expensive house robe looking like the nature boy Woo! rick flair wheeling dealing whoo jets flying Woo! limousine riding Woo! kiss stealing he, she looked like she was about to give somebody a slap chop across the chest. It was, it was ridiculous. It was absolutely ridiculous. So that's just my little take on, on the outfits. Now let's get to the main stuff right here. Um, the memes that came with those outfits were absolutely hilarious. If anything, that was the highlight of my night. Shout out to all the people who were invading my Facebook and Twitter feeds with those pictures. They were absolutely hilarious. I was crying. Um, out of hilarity, so kudos to you guys on that, now let's talk about the show man Uh, let me talk about some of the highlights that took place during the show, Uh, first and foremost, a highlight or rather yet a low light that I want to talk about is Nicki Minaj and her voice her voice may very well be one of the most annoying voices I've ever heard in my life this girl sounds like Beverly Hills meets Brooklyn. She sounds like she's trying to take a a stroll on Rodeo Drive, But she got caught on Riverside instead. It's so annoying this way this girl talks. I wish I had a sound clip of what I heard that night just so I can make you guys understand where I'm coming from. But when she's not rapping, when she's trying to talk in a regular voice, she sounds like a hood rat. I'm sorry. Nicki Minaj's voice does not do it for me. She needs to lose that voice. I hope she catches a bad case of laryngitis and just stops talking altogether. Have you ever heard Britney Spears trying to act hood? If you've ever heard that, that's basically what you get with, with, with Nicki Minaj. It's absolutely like nails on – not even nails on a chalkboard. It's like Wolverine claws on a chalkboard. Picture that, and that's what you get with Nicki Minaj's annoying voice. I'll take her rapping over her speaking any day of the week, you name it. Next up, we have some of the highlights of the show. First and foremost, Sam Smith, he cleaned up house. This guy took home four Grammys that night, song of the year. Best performance, I think. He took home so many awards. It was four. I think he took home four awards. So, kudos to him. I hadn't really listened to him during the year. But, hey, I liked what I heard at the Grammy. So, again, kudos to him. Also, um, highlights go to Annie Lennox. I'm going to confess right now that I was not familiar with the name Annie Lennox. But when I saw her perform, I was like, yo, this woman got some soul in her. She can get it on the mic, man. Are you kidding me? She had arguably the best performance of that night. So again, kudos to her. My man Pharrell, Mr. Happy, this guy killed it. And shouts to Pharrell for making a subliminal protest during his performance. This man had background dancers dressed up in hoodies. And also during a small portion of the show, during a dance sequence, he had all of his dancers do the hands-up movement. So... Again, entertaining the crowd, but at the same time, educating and standing up for a cause, using his power and his influence on the masses to spread a very important message. So, again, kudos to him. That was definitely a highlight. We have Madonna trying to be Madonna, as usual, being Mrs. Uh, Shock Value. Basically, she was dressed up in some sort of, like, I don't know, lingerie bustier type of outfit, and all of her background dancers were, had double horns on, on their heads and what have you. This is nothing shocking. I mean, the minute she put that crucifix on her vagina and started masturbating with it way back in the 90s, I think she pretty much lost all of her shock value. Anything she did beyond that point was pretty much second nature. So, sorry Madonna, you tried to steal the show, but you kind of fell on your face while doing it, but hey, thanks for coming out. Kudos to you. And then Kanye West performed uh, his new song, Only One. Um, It was a very dark performance, I would say. It was okay, nothing too special. The song is not a bad song. Um, And then you also had him perform alongside uh, Rihanna and Paul McCartney. Shout out to Paul McCartney and no disrespect to Paul McCartney when I say this. But to them as a whole... That song was kinda of overrated. I'm sorry. Like I've heard I've seen so many blog posts about the song, about those three megastars of music coming together and making that song, but it's nothing like it's it's nothing that I haven't already heard before. It's just the fact that the names alone made people want to listen in and from what I heard, it was okay. But I still got all the respect in the world for Paul McCartney. He's part of one of the greatest groups, arguably the greatest faction of music of all time, so no Disrespecting on all that part, but it didn't really do anything for me. Um, and then you had common and John Legend close out the show for their Oscar winning song that was part of the uh part of the Selma soundtrack entitled Glory. John Legend and common, when they hook up together, it's always something you know masterful. So, kudos for both of those gentlemen representing for hip hop for the evening, the only people. You know, as far as stage performance goes, who are representing for the hip-hop community. And I'll get to that right now, actually. So, basically, the hip-hop awards uh, section of the show did not get televised. Now, this comes to no surprise because hip-hop has always been snubbed within the Grammys. And a lot of people are asking, why? Why do we always get snubbed all the time? How come, you know, they never recognize us? And the thing is this. And I really don't want to chalk it down to a race, but I feel like I have to in this situation. When you're talking about the board the, the, the board of committees, you have a bunch of, you know, old age people who are probably in their fifties, sixties, most of them being white for the most part, you know, who don't listen to rap music. Let's be honest. They're only looking out for the hits for what grab people's attentions on the top forty charts. Sometimes rap is there, and because of that you're going to see the same people being nominated again. The Jay-Z's, the, uh, the Kanye's, the Lil Wayne's, the Eminem's, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And that was no different this year. You Iggy know, Azalea was up for a couple of uh, nominations as well, too. Now, as far as it not being televised, again, it, it may be a racial factor. That could be one of the things, but at the same time, this is nothing new. This has been happening ever since the inception of the hip-hop or rap category back in 1980-something. And when it was announced back then that that section would not be televised when uh, Fresh Prince and DJ Jazzy Jeff won the Grammy, what did the hip-hop community do? They protested. And that was a good step in the right direction. But what has happened since then? No one from hip-hop has protested this. No one like actively protested. You've had people like Public Enemy say that they don't need the Grammys. You've had Jay-Z boycott the Grammys. You've had 50 Cent boycott the Grammys. But nonetheless, rappers still keep going to the Grammys. If you guys want to see change, don't go to the Grammys anymore when you know your category will not be televised. I've been watching the Grammys consistently for the last, I want to say, 10 to 12 years. I've, I only remember certain categories you know, within rap being televised, Maybe about three, four times at best. It all depends on who's being given that award. It all depends on how many records did that rapper sell in order for us to have you in this category, and for us to televise that category in and of itself. When Lil Wayne won the Grammy in 2009 for Best Rap Album, the man sold a million copies in the first week, and four of his singles were number one on the charts. They had to televise that, that section of the Grammys, no doubt. They had no choice. When Lauryn Hill, back in 1999, won God knows how many Grammys for her album, uh, The Miseducation of Lauryn Hill, they had to televise it. 1998 was a booming year in hip-hop in terms of finances. They had to televise it. When you had Jay-Z, Kanye West, T.I., and Lil Wayne all in the same category at one point in time during that year, you have to televise it because those were the four biggest names of rap. So it should come to no surprise that these are the names – that are going to get the most headlines. Therefore, those are the ones that are going to be televised. Look who we had in this year's category for best rap album. We had, apart from Iggy and Eminem, we had Childish Gambino, we had Wiz Khalifa, I believe we had Lecrae, and we had Schoolboy Q. No disrespect to those artists, but they are not big enough names for the pop mainstream community to recognize. Maybe maybe Childish Gambino because of his work on NBC and other films, but other than that, no one's going to care to pay attention to those names. Kendrick Lamar, God bless him. He won two Grammys that um, that night for best rap performance and then best rap song for I. He most likely won that because he's endorsed by the NBA to have that song as your theme song for the NBA this year. I'm not taking it away from him at all because that's a damn good song. A damn feel-good record sampled by the Isaac Brothers. You already know. But nonetheless, we can't be surprised that certain people are being left out. You know? So... Another thing I want to allude to is the fact that when this is all happening, pardon me, the black community was taking notice of this. Therefore, that is why certain award shows such as the BET Awards and the NAACP Image Awards and the Soul Train Awards were created so that black people could recognize their own for their talents instead of depending on, you know, quote unquote, the white man to recognize them, even though nine times out of ten, they probably won't, you know. So, I feel like, you know, if black people are upset about that, they need to go back to that to that function and have the Soul Chain Awards recognize them for their excellence or the Centric Awards. The the Image Awards for the NAACP was created in 1960 or 1961, one of those two years, because of that very reason alone. And I feel like a lot of black people are forgetting that notion and they're looking for that validation from the Graves because it's the most prestigious of all and it projects to a much wider audience. I understand that. But if that audience doesn't give a damn about you, then why care? It's like the Toronto Raptors. The majority of the United States does not care about the Raptors. So what did the Toronto Raptors organization do? They created a slogan. What was that slogan? We the North. We don't care about America's validation. We got, Canada's got our back. Canada knows how good of a team we are and they know that we're about to put them on our backs. Until you guys do that, only then will these giant mainstream corporations and award shows like Billboard, AMAs, and all that are going to recognize the talents of, 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 of black entertainers. That's all it comes down to at the end of the day. And the Grammys may defend their stance by saying, oh, well, we have L.O. Cool J as part of the Grammy committee. He hosts all the time. We have Jimmy Jam. Uh, we've had so many people are part of the community. Yeah, but you don't recognize the hip-hop talents. And, and it's a shame, too, because... Hip-hop is arguably the driving force behind what goes on in pop culture nowadays. So I feel like they need to give hip-hop community that type of credit as far as a mainstream aspect of hip-hop goes. Because if not, then it's almost like you're just kind of taking that community for granted. So I understand from both sides, from the business perspective, but then from the artistic uh, perspective as well too. But going back to the black people who are angry about this, you guys need to keep in mind that there are the BET Awards, there are the, the Image Awards, there are the Soul Train Awards. And maybe the BET Awards, I haven't watched it in the last couple of years. There's been years where it's been really good, but there's been years where it's been forgettable. So hopefully this time around, maybe the BET Awards may be a bit better in regards to, you know, the Grammys and what have you. So that's all I gotta say about that, man. And also, that's why you also had the Source Awards, but then they got canceled. And then you had the BET Hip Hop Awards, but then. Last year, they, they collapsed altogether. We're not going to get into that. That's a whole another story in and of itself. But I feel like, again, if people are mad about the, the direction that the Grammys have taken as far as neglecting hip-hop, and not just the hip-hop awards, but some of the R&B categories as well, too, or any of the quote-unquote urban contemporary uh, categories as well, too, then, again, Black people need to look elsewhere and not look towards Grammys for that when they know they're going to be disappointed. It's like cheering for the Toronto Maple Leafs. You know you're going to get disappointed, so why bother anyway? So it is what it is when it comes to that topic. Now, you guys are probably thinking to yourselves, D, you're forgetting about the most important event that happened that night. Kanye stage diving on Beck. And the things that he said Afterwards, don't worry, ladies and gentlemen. I got you. And when I tell you I got you, I got you. I'm gonna save that for a later section of the store of the show. All right, that's not a prediction. It's a spoiler alert. And on that note, we're about to get into a commercial break right about now, okay? But before we do, we're about to play a new song from Kendrick Lamar, and this one is called The Black of the Berry. This one had some people talking. It had some people mad even, people particularly within the black community. Did he deserve the backlash that he got from the song? We're about to talk about it in Trip Talk after the commercial break, so listen in. If you have some thoughts or opinions on this hit up the show i encourage you to get involved hit up the show at cool underscore radio and we will talk about it and i will read your tweets as well live on the air so keep it locked it's your man dm cool and we'll be right back after these messages yeah Yes, yes, y'all. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to CFRE Radio 91.9 FM. It's your man DM. Cool. And welcome back to Cool Radio. That was Kendrick Lamar with his new single, The Black of the Berry. And that single had a lot of people talking, and we're about to get into that right now. You guys already know what it is, man. It's Trip Talk. Three topics in three minutes. Let's get right into it. So, again, that track had a lot of people talking, and... It seemed as if Kendrick Lamar was challenging you know the black community in a wide variety of ways, and he was basically calling himself to task you know in that same regard as well too talking about how black people can be the biggest hypocrite sometimes where it talks about writing for your own people but that you're killing your own people at the same time uh, when it comes to supporting your people, but you don't always do it saying you 're going to do one thing but you end up doing another thing now I for one completely agree with what Kendrick was saying on this record because A lot of black people will say one thing, but they'll do another based on what, pardon me, based on whatever stance that they feel like taking. And when a record like this, not even like a record, but anytime someone makes a statement that challenges black people to do something, it's seen as hate or it's seen as non-support. Now, keep in mind, there is a difference between constructive criticism and then just totally flatlining or rather yet just dismissing somebody's you know talent or skill or whatever the case may be. If there was a lot more constructive criticism within, let's say, hip-hop, for example, would we have so many terrible rappers like 2 Chains, like Kevin Gates, like Bobby Shmurda? If there was such thing as constructive criticism within... You know, the black entertainment sector, for example, would we continuously have a nonstop cycle of really bad Tyler Perry movies that have been circulating the theaters and cinemas for the last 10 years in which he's basically perpetuating the same stereotypes that he has been portraying within his films for the last 10 years? Would we have the same repetitive movie over and over and over again? from an individual who has his own film studio and therefore could go leaps and bounds of what he wants to create and put out to the masses. We wouldn't have that. We had we had Spike Lee call him out, but then what happened when Spike Lee called him out? Everyone called him a hater, and everyone said how he wasn't supporting the black community because of the fact that he dared criticize Tyler Perry. Listen, Spike Lee has the right to criticize whoever he wants. This guy is like one of the earliest known black filmmakers to really make it big on his own basically he had to basically get loans from some of the biggest people within the black community to make those movies happen and a lot of his movies have an underlying message whereas ty perry's movies are it's just drama after drama after drama but anyways i digress basically i feel as if that song right there called black people to task and told black people to wake up And also to stand for what you believe in and stand mostly by what you say. Practice what you preach, basically. Have some integrity. That's all he was saying. He wasn't pointing his finger because as you heard in the song, he said, I'm the biggest black hypocrite in 2015. So even he himself knows that he he sometimes slacks on his own words. And that doesn't just chalk up to a black thing, but he was talking to black people in particular because it's so prevalent within the community to say one thing and to do another. One person will say justice for Trayvon Martin and post it all on their Instagram, but the next day they'll post a meme of somebody twerking. All in the name of likes, lying for likes, basically. People want to pretend to be the next Martin Luther King when a travesty happens, like Ferguson, for example. But then the next day when the verdict is all said and done with, it's like, oh, okay, cool. So uh, let me go ahead on Rihanna's Instagram page and let me see what she's wearing. Nah, that's how it is, man. If you're going to be consistent at something, be consistent at it. And I think that's all that Kendrick was trying to say in that record. So I think a lot of people just need to chill out and just relax. And don't be jumping down his throat either because he's one of the few MCs that we have who's on the brink of hitting superstardom within the mainstream. He's the only credible name that won a Grammy Sunday night. So please, people, chill on him. Just chill. Because if if you're going to keep on doing this, then people like Riff Raff are going to keep on winning. That's all I'm saying. Anyways, let's switch it up now. Uh, Drake was in town. Uh this past weekend for the KOTD Battle Rap event known as Blackout Part 5, all right? Now, during this weekend, he himself could have been at the Grammys because he was nominated for a Grammy. But what did he do? He, he I guess you could call it, He unofficially protested the Grammys and decided to stay in Toronto to support the Blackout 5 event because he has been a proud supporter of KOTD and he has also been a proud sponsor of the KOTD events in the past as well, moving forward as well. So, for him to protest the Grammys in that way, to say, hey, I'm going to stick to a brand that I know and love and trust, is very big and admirable of him. He didn't have to be there. He could have been hobnobbing with all the, the, the big industry celebs and, and what have you, but he didn't. So, kudos to him. Um, random, little random factoid. Did any of you guys see him, uh, kind of, at the Raptors game, kind of, you know, give a little, try to give a little rub to Paul Pierce when he was inbounding the ball. First and foremost, it's one thing to be courtside, but this guy was actually standing by the scores table. That's only for players and personnel only. I don't know how he was able to do that. I know he's a global ambassador of, of, of the Raptors and everything, but I didn't know he had that much clout. So, kudos to him for trying to pump fake Paul Pierce. I'll leave it at that. Anyways, final topic I want to get to. Um, not Iggy Azalea, pardon me, Azealia Banks. Now, we all know that Azalea Banks is the internet's biggest troll, as she has proven so on many occasions. And she has called out Iggy Azalea for not being authentic, for not being hip-hop, for being a pop star, for being a mainstream media darling, yada, yada, yada. And and you're probably thinking uh, to yourself, if Azealia Banks is saying all these things about her, then she must be, you know, pro-black. She must be, you know, pro-hip-hop, pro-underground hip-hop at that. So this next bit of news is going to surprise you. Iggy, sorry, pardon me. Azealia Banks has been tapped to be on the March cover of Playboy magazine. Wait, hold on. So the Miss Underground, Miss... Authentic Miss Keeping It Real in Hip Hop is posing for, sorry, say that again, Playboy Magazine. Last I checked, Playboy Magazine was for a mainstream quote-unquote white audience, yet she's out on Twitter promoting that she'll be posing for the prestigious magazine in adult entertainment that's catered to middle-aged white men in the mainstream society. Oh, but hey, that's none of my business. Tea time, people. Put the pinkies up. I'm just saying. She was accusing Azealia or or Iggy Azealia of being pop and being mainstream. But here you are posing nude, nude on the cover of Playboy. It's not the fact that she's posing nude on Playboy that, that has me a little distraught or that has me getting at her. If you want to pose nude on Playboy, do your thing. But that's more of a mainstream thing to do. And you're out here accusing Iggy Azalea of being, of, of being mainstream, basically. And you're doing a mainstream thing. Not only that, but you've been leading this almost racial charge against Iggy Azalea because of the fact that she's, you know, quote unquote, culture appropriating. Yeah, here you are posing on Playboy for white men. You're basically a Sarah Bartman in this case. So, like, I don't know why you're pointing your dirty fingers at other people. So, that's all I gotta say about Azealia Banks. She's the world's biggest troll and the world's biggest hypocrite, especially when she's known for a song called 212 which is essentially an EDM pop record which sounds nothing like hip-hop at all. But, hey, once again, that is none of my business whatsoever. Who wants tea? I like some Earl Grey myself. Let's have some tea real quick let man. I'm I'm, just, I'm sick of this sick of this person. Anyways, enough about that. Um I need to ease my soul a little bit and I'm and I want to get to some old school records. So can I get old school with y'all real quick? I think it's time for some old school. Let's hit it. Yeah. You already know what it is people. Send me your suggestions for what you think should be played for the uh, Throwback Thursday track of the day. Now, as I outlined last week, it is Black History Month. So for this month of February, we will be playing records from all the way back. And we're going back before hip hop. We're going to soul. We're going into funk. We're going to R&B. We're going to hit you with the classics that some of your favorite rappers from this year and yesterday sampled to give them their hit that you, you all know and love. This record right here was from 1969. And because it is Valentine's Day, I just want to smooth and cool it out just a little bit. And this man right here was present at this Sunday's Grammys Awards. I'm talking about my man, Stevie Wonder. We're about to get into this record right now. This is one of my, this is arguably my all-time favorite Stevie Wonder record right here. And this one is called Mon Cheri Amour. So keep it locked This is Cool Radio And when we get back We will have for you The Wankster of the Week Keep it locked This is Cool Radio Yeah What's going on people? It's your boy Femi Lassen And man me My well, your man Bo Pinto At Bo Pinto J-Hood from the Toronto Argos You are now tuned in Cool Cool Radio 91.9 FM It was an amazing interview I had an amazing experience I had an amazing time The best radio Stay tuned for the hottest in news, hip-hop, entertainment, and everything. Every Thursday at 8 p.m. Big shout-out to DM Cool. Good vibes. Love it, man. you famous. I love it. Cool! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the show. You're now tuned to CFRV 91.9 FM. It is your man, DM Cool. and now tune into Cool Radio. Welcome back to the show, people. You already know what time it is. We're nearing the end of the show. And, of course... It's time to drop that wankster on somebody. Who will join the Hall of Fame? Sorry, pardon me. Who will join the Hall of Shame? It's time for Wankster of the Week. This week's Wankster of the Week award goes to none other than drumroll is not necessary. If you watch the Grammys and the after show that preceded it, then you already know who I'm giving this gra- or this, uh This chamois, too. I'm gonna call it a chamois right now. Um, the Wankster of the Week goes to none other than, you guessed it, Kanye West, alright? He is getting the Wankster, as to no surprise by many. And he is what I like to call a Hall of Shame member of the Wankster of the Week category. And we are giving it to him because of his comments that proceeded after the Grammy Awards, okay? Now, for those of you who missed it or who have been under a pop culture rock for about a week, basically what happened was, When uh, the Album of the Year award uh, ceremony took place on television, many people were expecting possibly Sam Smith or Beyonce to take the award. Pardon me. I was expecting – or sorry, I was hoping for for Pharrell because I really do look uh, like that girl album. But nonetheless, it's all good. But anyways, Beck took it, and I'll be the first to admit I was not familiar with Beck. I did not know who he was. I didn't know he was even around during the 90s. I may have heard a couple songs from him that I didn't realize that it was him, but nonetheless, wasn't aware. So anyways, Beck won, and what proceeded was this. Kanye was about to pull a Taylor Swift on him and interrupt his moment, but then as soon as he got on stage, he just kind of waved his hand, and he was like, nah, and then just walked off the stage. So essentially, he made fun of himself for a moment that took place six years ago at the uh, Much Music Awards. Sorry, not the Much Music Awards, the MTV Awards. And so people were laughing and everyone was like, oh, he's, you know, making fun of himself. He's being a good sport. You know, it was funny. It was funny. I thought it was funny. I thought Kanye himself was being a good sport. And even Beck was like, no, no, Kanye, come back. Come back. Anyways, fast forward now to the Grammy after party. Kanye. Oh, Kanye. Just when you thought Kanye had changed, uh, he made some disparaging remarks about the Grammys and even about. Um, the man Beck himself. And if you don't know what I'm referring to, I'm about to play that clip right now. So uh, tune in and hear what he had to say about Beck. I don't even know what he said. I just know that the Grammys, if they want real artists to keep coming back, they need to stop playing with us. We ain't gonna play with them no more. Flawless Beyonce video, and Beck needs to respect artistry, and he should have given his award to Beyonce. And at this point, we're tired of it. When you keep on diminishing art and not respecting the craft, and smacking people in the face after they deliver monumental feats in music, Amen. you're disrespectful to inspiration. And we as musicians have to. Inspire people who go to work every day and they listen to that Beyoncé album and they feel like it takes them to another place. No, we not playing with them no more. And by the way, I got my wife, I got my daughter, and I got my clothing line, so I'm not going to do nothing to put my daughter at risk. Right. But I yes. am here to fight for creativity. That's the reason why I didn't say anything tonight. But y'all know what it meant when Ye walked on. Now, one of the funny, funniest and hypocritical things I took from that rant was the fact that he said, we as musicians. Now, I can understand you being in the art of art of music, whether you're a vocalist or you're an instrumentalist, yes you are a musician, but in comparison to Beck, this man is a multi-talented musician when it comes to playing multiple instruments, whereas you Kanye, you sample. So No, you cannot say that, number one. And number two, you're talking about respect for the art form, yet you almost took that moment away from him. And then on top of that, you try to put over another artist by putting down another artist? What type of respect do you have? Just because the Grammys doesn't agree with whom you think should have the album of the year, doesn't mean everyone should follow what you say and what you say is law. And last time I checked, Beyonce has 20 Grammys to her name. 20, she can win album of the year at any point in time in her career, she's already cemented her legacy, she won three Grammy Awards that night anyway, totaling to her total count of 20 anyway, Beck, including myself, I'm sure there are a lot of people who had never heard of Beck until he won album of the year, and this is what I know from album of the year as far as me watching it, over the years album of the year category is a crap shoot it could literally go to anyone it is a toss-up there are about what four or five acts who are nominated within that within that category so basically everyone has a 20 percent chance of winning that there's no who's most likely to win that it doesn't matter sales numbers or anything there was one year ironically enough when kanye and i believe it was 2008, that this man was nominated for Album of the Year for Graduation, my personal favorite Kanye West album, but he lost that album, or he lost that award, rather, to jazz musician and jazz great, Herbie Hancock, who is a black man, so black people do get credited for the Grammys every now and again, just saying. Anyways, that's besides the point. Anyways, that category is a crapshoot. I wasn't aware of who Herbie Hancock was until after the fact, and I said to myself, wow, jazz musicians aren't really getting that much of recognition these days so you know what good on him for for earning that award and good on Beck for earning that award too because He's, again, he's been around for 20 years. I'm not sure if he's ever had a Grammy to his name before, but if not, then that is pretty much the equivalent of a lifetime achievement award for him. So again, good on him and shame on Kanye for trying to take that moment away from him and try to put someone else over. I don't know what his obsession with Beyonce is, but he needs to stop going to bat for her. Let Jay-Z handle that. Beyonce can handle her damn self. I don't know why this guy's caping for her. I don't know if this man has some sort of secret crush love affair for Beyonce, but he needs to stop caping because it's making him look bad it's making it's almost making hip-hop look bad because he's a representative of it and there are some times where I think to myself is this guy getting paid to diss the Grammys year after year after year because it makes no sense that a guy like him who's been dissing to the Grammys has now 21 Grammys to his name and someone like Snoop Dogg or Ice Cube or Nas has never ever won a Grammy before And these guys have hits to their names. It boggles my mind. So it leads me to believe that the Grammys put them up to this so that they can create some sort of controversy off of it. Because if it wasn't for that, then unless if you're really into music, I don't think anyone would be talking about the Grammys. That's just my two cents on the matter. So I'm done. I don't know how many times I put Kanye in Wanks of the Week. This is probably maybe the fifth time. Give or take, but nonetheless, Kanye, you're stupid, you're an idiot. You want people to feel sympathetic for you, but instead, you're out here trolling almost as hard as Iggy Azalea. You're talking about how people should respect your greatness, but no one's going to respect you if you're acting like an ass clown. What don't you understand about that? You're an idiot, and tell your girlfriend to stop shopping at the same mall as Ric Flair, looking like she just won the World Heavyweight Championship with that golden shower robe, looking like it belongs to Gold Dust. Kanye West, you're getting the Wankster of the Week. I have no further words. Do you deserve this Wankster? Of course! So with that being said, you're getting the Wankster right now. And on that note, I'm going to get 50 cents to drop that gem on you. Sort of like this. You wankster, you need to stop Kanye, you're the biggest Wankster of all time. I swear to God. I'm not looking forward to your next album. Your your Yeezus album was trash, bro. It was trash. It's not even good enough to 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 use as an ashtray. I'm sorry, man. That album was trash. Go back in the studio and find your soul again because you are lost. And on that note, ladies and gentlemen, I'm out of here for the night. Once again. Thank you for tuning in as usual. Next week, we'll have a live show for you as always. Hit me up on Twitter at DM underscore cool and hit me up at cool underscore radio. And I swear, I swear that video uh, of myself interviewing Melanie Durant We'll be up very shortly, having some technical difficulties, but hopefully by tonight, it'll all be resolved. Don't worry. It will be on the net. And, yes, speaking of which, we are now on SoundCloud. All full audio podcasts of this show will be on our SoundCloud page. Follow our SoundCloud page at cool underscore radio, the, the word cool, all in capital letters, same as the Twitter and same as the YouTube page as well, too. But that's my time, folks. I got to go. It's the man DM Cool, and we out of here. Peace. Ooooooo